Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Emmy. You guys, this is the second time since March 9th that Julie and I have been recording this in the same room. It feels pretty good, right? Julie, it feels really good. I really like it. (laughs) No, I can't believe we used to do this so much. You guys, it's just, I don't know if you can tell listening. I, I don't know what it's like as a listener, but recording this, it's a completely different energy. It's like, I feel you through the computer a lot. I really think I feel your energy. I think I pick up on it, but there's nothing like just being in the flesh. I have to agree with you. It's excellent. And the fact that it's falling on a week when not only are we talking about Justin and Chance, we're also talking Timothy Chalamet. Could you get luckier? No, like to see your face light up when we're going to talk about those, I can already, I just know. I I completely agree. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Thank you. That's right. No, you should be. Should we do it? Let's do it. Okay. So as you guys know, every week we're highlighting a black owned business and this week it's called copper and brass paper goods. So this was started in 2018 by this woman, Arielle Young. And the reason she started it was because her mother always used to give her little notes and little things on paper goods. And she loved the concept, but she always felt like there was just a lack of representation of the black community within these paper goods. So she started her own company they have, you know, um, stationary, but they also have really cool kind of like notepads, beautiful cards. The website is copperandbrass.net and the Instagram is at copperandbrasspapergoods. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. Let me give you guys actually a little preview of what we're talking about because we have, of course, the whole Dominic West, Lily James thing. We have Cardi Offset, Billy Eilish. We're talking Nicki Minaj. We're talking Justin and Chance. I don't know. Good topics, no? I really like today. I love today. It's nothing, I wouldn't say it's the most groundbreaking news, but it's stuff that we care about. It's all really good stuff too. Really good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So let us start with the Dominic West, Lily James story. I'm not going to say this broke the internet. I feel that's a little bit dramatic, but I would definitely say it rocked it. Accurate? 
One of the weirder things I've seen, definitely. One of the weirder things. So as I'm sure most of you saw the pictures by now, last week, Lily James and Dominic West were spotted out together in Rome and they were very affectionate. They were kissing. It was kind of very romantic. A lot of PDA. Apparently they had a two night getaway in Rome. And of course, you know, this sparked headlines because one, it was an interesting match. But second of all, Dominic is married. He's married to Catherine Fitzgerald for the last 10 years. They have four children together. So <laughs> also, you know, he is probably most known for his role in the affair. So the irony of all of that is not lost on this story. No, definitely not lost. So these pictures come out and immediately after, the, you know, a day or so, he goes back to his England home and him and his wife, Catherine, host basically a press conference to the press saying their marriage is strong. They're still together. They hand out cards. I'm not making this up. If you didn't see the picture, this actually happened. They handed out handwritten cards to the press that said, our marriage is strong and we're very much still together. Thank you. How did that happen? It's, it's, it's very bizarre. No, I've never heard ever of that happening. It almost, when it was happening, I think people thought it was satire. There are certain moments that happen where you have to at least be thinking in your head, Twitter's going to have a fucking field day with this. And boy, did they. Exactly. Also, we should note, you know, according to sources, Lily and Dominic are set to play a father and daughter duo in the new show, The Pursuit of Love. So yes, of course, there's the element of this that it could just be a PR stunt. Who knows? a little bit weird considering that they're playing father and daughter. I don't know if that's some sort of, um, I don't know what the strategy behind that, if that was real, but I feel like it would be remiss for us to not at least mention that that role is apparently happening. I'm like so nervous. They're going to have sexual tension in the show. That's all. (laughs) It makes me very uncomfortable. Although I will say from a PR angle, I bet people are more inclined to see it now. Oh, absolutely. Just because you wouldn't have necessarily put those two together. No, I wouldn't have thought to. And also any major publicity storm like this is going to be good for a show if you're co-starring in it together, even if it is the weirdest, most bizarre story of the year. So yeah, there's definitely something there, but the idea of somebody who's playing a father-daughter duo in a show, and then their publicity for that show is to have them making out in Rome, or their own thing is to be making out in Rome, very affectionate, very coupley, is just bizarre. It's a, it's a little bizarre. Yeah. I also, just for context, she is 31 and he's 50. I just mentioned that because the age was discussed a lot. So I don't want anyone to have to Google it while you're listening to this. Since then, she had an appearance scheduled on the Today Show that she canceled it. It was supposed to be her and Army Hammer talking about the new Netflix drama, Rebecca. I mean, I can't sit here and tell you hundred percent certainty that she canceled it because of this, but it would make a little bit of sense. I, I would have to assume so based on timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Dominic had done this interview in March 2016, and this quote resurfaced that said, I mean, I think women should be more indulgent of affairs. I really do. It's daft to kick someone out over a fling, isn't it? Everyone should turn a blind eye to men's behavior between the ages of 40 and 50. Let it all blow over. (laughs) Which, like, obviously that is the most ridiculous quote I've maybe ever heard. But now that I'm reading that, I'm like, hmm, maybe this isn't a PR stunt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just really part of his behavior. Right. God forbid his wife had the affair, right? Right. That's the thing that, I mean, we have this conversation all the time. It's like so many times when we see the idea of an open marriage in Hollywood, at least from a public perception standpoint, I can't say definitely within their own relationships, but it's like, oh, the man can do whatever he wants. Again, I'm talking only in heterosexual relationships. We see that sometimes, which is just bullshit, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
I mean, I wonder though. So let's say this affair was legit. This is actually happening. Do you think him and his wife just have this agreement? Um, I think that if she's willing to stand outside their home and pass out cards to the paparazzi saying that their marriage is fine and everything's okay, then there has to be some understanding there to do it the day after. Maybe if she wanted to do it and give her a couple of days to be okay with that and come out, if she wasn't okay with the affair, but wanted to be okay with the marriage, fine. The day after there was an agreement there. Let me tell you though, what a year for Lily James. I just wish she wasn't involved in this. Like I just like, I know it's just interesting. It it seems, I mean, I don't know her well enough, obviously. I just like watch her her. from afar and love her and like mommy at two is my favorite movie, but like it seems a little off brand for her to be involved in this. Yeah. I liked, I liked the Chris Evans version of her. I think, me too. And I think we all did. Yeah. I like the Chris Evans version of everybody. Obviously. I like the Chris Evans version of Chris Evans. I was about to, to say you know, that one. No. Yeah. I don't know. This is an interesting one. Obviously we will keep you posted if anything else comes about. I think it's just, um, a little bit, everybody's a little bit uncomfortable. The press conference vibe felt a little bit bizarre, but then again, who knows their understanding? I, I hear that he has this like sprawling estate in England. They're apparently very, very, I mean, he's famous here, but apparently very famous over there. So it's kind of like a different vibe, if that makes sense. Right. I don't know. I'm very curious. This is just one of those stories that happens every so often where every element of it just continues to get weirder and weirder. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Okay. We're going to talk party and offset in a minute, but we first just wanted to take a second to talk about this entire Billie Eilish situation. And I recognize what I'm about to say is not breaking news, but I think that what we've seen with the media over the last week or so leads to a really important conversation that I know we specifically made sure to have. Yes. Yes. So as I'm sure most of you saw last week, Billie Eilish was photographed by the paparazzi. She was just out seemingly just doing an errand and she was in, you know, a tank top shorts, a little bit more form fitting clothes than normal, which unfortunately, but I think expectedly became kind of a news story. Big news story. Yeah. To clarify, we are not here obviously to talk about her body. We're here to talk about what kind of resulted um, after that. And I'm about to read an excerpt from an article that I think really speaks to this point beautifully. But I first just want to say, just to kind of frame the article, you know, when these pictures were released, there was a flood of criticism online from just nasty people really critiquing her body. Um, Some people just kind of in shock and other people just saying really rude things about her body. And there was this movement that kind of happened as a result of that saying, Billie Eilish is so brave. And I remember you and I seeing those headlines, feeling really uneasy about them. Um, but this woman, Scotchy Cool, wrote an article called, that photo of Billie Eilish isn't brave, it's just typical. And she outlined this really beautifully. So I'm going to read an excerpt from that and then we'll discuss it. But keep in mind where I'm coming in with the article, it's immediately after she's talking about the trolls criticism. She says, regardless, in an attempt to defend Eilish, a sincere attempt, often from other young women, a new narrative is being formed around her body. Now it's about Eilish's bravery and having a body atypical for celebrities because she's seemingly not a size zero. It's a common refrain anytime a woman in the public eye is seen eating in public, having hips in public, or having roles in public. Adele being plus size, or later not being plus size, is a source of inspiration. Beyonce talking about her fupa is a comfort, as if she's just as normal as the rest of us because of it. Mindy Kaling has spoken at length about the backhanded compliments she gets about being confident, quote, despite her size. They're like, it's so refreshing that Mindy feels comfortable to let herself go and be a fat sea monster, she told Jimmy Kimmel in 2014. Earlier this year, comedian Nicole Byer released a book called Hashtag Very Fat, Hashtag Very Brave, the fat girl's guide to being hashtag brave and not a dejected, melancholy, down-in-the-dumps, weeping fat girl in a bikini. 
The goal of this kind of Noxious positivity is to make clear that not being thin, either intentionally or not, is just as worthy of celebration as thinness has been since basically forever. But this is a false equivalence. We praise thinness because we think it tells us something about someone's worth, their inherent beauty, their value as a person. The issue isn't so much celebrating one type of body over another, but rather celebrating a body for its bravery, as if there's something impressive about existing in the world even though your body doesn't conform to narrow standards of beauty. Refusing beauty norms or merely falling outside of them isn't that brave. It's just an inevitability since those standards are increasingly harder to attain. Arguably, every woman in the world is brave in that regard because none of us are meeting every characteristic of perfection, whether we want to or not. Eilish has been vocal in the past about why she wears clothes 800 size bigger than she actually is. It kind of gives nobody the opportunity to judge what your body looks like. I don't want to give anyone the excuse of judging, she told Vogue Australia in 2019. Quote, anything you look at, you judge. In May, Eilish released a short film that she also used while on tour titled, Not My Responsibility. In it, she slowly undresses while talking about perception around her body. If I wear what is comfortable, I'm not a woman. If I shed the layers, I'm a slut, she says. Quote, though you've never seen my body, you still judge it and judge me for it. Why? As a young woman in the music industry, Eilish is not only fully aware of how her body can be marketed to sell records and concert tickets, but how it can also be turned against her if not small enough, not shaped the right way, too much in some ways, and not enough in others. It's no wonder she hides in enormous suits, baggy sweats, oversized t-shirts. When she does show her body, she's mobbed by an audience who thinks they have the right to an entire news cycle's worth of opinions about it. Eilish's goal isn't celebration of her body, but rather to ignore it entirely and make her audience focus on her voice, look at her eyes, pay attention to the visuals she uses in music videos and stage performances. I mean, we'll get into a full discussion in a second, but was that not beautifully said? Oh, yeah. It was, like, very perfectly said. Do you want to go first? I I know we both have so much to say. Yeah, I mean, I have a million things to say about this. Um, I think the first point to make is that it's not lost on me that obviously because Billie Eilish has made it such a thing that she wears baggy clothes, that when she walks out not in baggy clothes, that it's going to become a news story. I think that when you make a really big deal about something, it's only natural that when you do the opposite of it, people are going to take notice. Right. The point of that though, is that you can take notice on that without her body being involved at all. You can notice that she's not wearing her typical attire without having a single ounce of commentary about what her body looks like. Completely. So I think that was a huge point of it. Um, and also the thing with Billy is that she's made her intentions behind why she wears clothes like that's so clear. Like she has said it, like if I'm wearing baggy clothes, A, you can't judge what's underneath and B, you can't sexualize what's underneath. So for her to make that so abundantly clear in her reasoning to then, you know, step outside, not in those clothes, have exactly what she expected to happen, happen. It's only going to make her not want to do that again. It's if, if she had done that and stepped out and no one said a word, she would be so comfortable doing that moving forward because she'd be like, okay, maybe I don't need to do that. Maybe I can just step out and be me and it's not a big deal. But because of the media frenzy that happened, both positive and negative, she can't do that. She's not going to want to do that again, would you? Of course not. It proves her, it proves her exact point. It's actually the most perfect articulation of exactly what she's been saying for so long. She just knew it before it was even a thing. Right. You know, and and it's true. It's like, this is a, the perfect example. Kind of what Billy's always said is like, she wants people to focus on other things. She wants people to focus on her music and, and her soul and her artwork, et cetera, which is like, for me personally, and, and this is not the same for everyone. Everybody looks at things from a different reason. But like, for me, that's why the neutrality, the body neutrality argument is the one that sticks the most of it's like, why does it have to be about my body? Why are we talking about that at all. Let's just remove that from the equation entirely. And so for, it's just such a shame when it's a shame when it happens to anyone, but it's specifically a shame when it happens to somebody who has been 
um, almost a figure of this like neutrality movement unintentionally, even so, do you know what I mean? Like she just did not want her body even just part of the conversation. And then the media just takes it in this way that I think is really unfair. However, leads into a really important discussion like the one we're having right now. Right. And I will say going off of the neutrality aspect of it, for me, the worst part was the brave aspect of it because you know, when you have people who comment on her body negatively, like you tend to know who those people are. It's either like a lot of men, a lot of insecure people behind their screen projecting what they wish they could look like or what they don't look like. It's so easy. I think in my opinion to brush off, maybe not for Billy. I'm just saying like, from my perspective, I think it's easier to brush off than everyone being like, Oh my God, you're so brave. Like you're so brave for looking like that. Like that is the shittiest thing you can say. Like I was talking to Isabel about it over the weekend because when those pictures of Billy first came out, I said to Isabel, I was like, me and Billy have the exact same body type. Like that's my body shape. And then as the weekend went on and all of these people were posting it, I looked at Isabel as if one more fucking person calls Billy Eilish brave, I don't know what I'm going to do because it's so annoying. And that's the point of the conversation that I think a lot of people forget is that when you are talking about somebody else's body, those echoes are so loud. Yes, it sucks for Billy in this position. It really does. And I feel for her. And I think it is so unfair that she had to be the one that was put in this position. But it also sucks for every single person that looks like Billy because every single thing that somebody is saying about her then extends outward to everybody else. Oh my God. No, exactly. And see, that is the point though that I think in so many times when I see this stuff covered, that element of it is completely under discussed of like, it's an attack on all women. By doing that, it's an attack on all women. Of course, it is worse for the individual that you are specifically targeting. However, it completely negates the feelings of so many people, women and men, just people in general that feel anything about their bodies and then seeing this in the scrutiny that comes from it. Um, which is why, and like I said, everybody has a different approach in what works for them. However, one that I've embraced that I've, I have learned and I really, uh, resonates with me is like, when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, before you say something negative, know that that's now an attack on all women. It's kind of like the, the feminist angle of, of body neutrality of like, I'm just loving my body because it gets me through this life. Like I've said before, you can have things that you would like to change. However, when you're talking so mean to yourself, that's an attack on all women. That's a similar kind of concept to what you're talking about here. Exactly. Yeah. You can make the argument that I wouldn't ever make this argument, but you technically could make the argument that, you know, Billy is a celebrity, therefore things that she does is subject to public scrutiny. It's just the part of being a celebrity. I didn't ask for that. Anybody else who sees themselves in Billy didn't ask for that. So as unfair as it is to her, and it is so unfair, people just have to remember when they make these comments about anybody, it just extends outwards. And most people didn't ask to feel critiqued on their Saturday afternoon. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing that this article goes on to speak about later is she used Lizzo as an example of somebody who has been an advocate herself for body positivity. Lizzo is somebody that says, you know, she's, she constantly says, I'm going to wear everything that society told me that I can't wear. And she's so proud of it. And she talks about it and it's part of her brand. And that's a beautiful part of her brand. However, by the work that she's done and kind of like the activism that she's done, she has now associated that with her brand. Whereas Billy has made it a conscious effort to not. So the bravery comments have no place here is kind of the point of it. You know what I mean? It's just like a total slap in the face. Yeah. It's, and she's so young. It's just so upsetting when you have a celebrity or a star that has to go through this at such a young age. I completely agree. It's really upsetting. It really, um, it actually really sickens me. I don't know. There's, this is like such a longer conversation, but I just, I can't imagine for her. It's like, she's just going on a stroll. 
Like she was, for all we know, what was she doing? Going to get a coffee, going to get go on a walk. She was in slides, a tank top and shorts. How many times have you left your house just looking like that? Cause you're doing a very quick errand. A million times. A million times. It's just, it's just so unfair. And, um, I don't know. I don't know how, when this will ever change, but hopefully we're shifting to that culture. Cause I guess, you know, I was thinking back to like early two thousands, right. Would, would the bravery conversation even be a thing there? Or is this, if I'm looking at this from like a bird's eye view, is the bravery conversation in some way evident of like a progress? Is it like a positive trajectory? Cause then we recognize how toxic this is and it'll fall off. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. I get what you mean. Like I was just kind of, Amy Schumer had a stand up joke about that a little while back about, about people calling her brave. So this has definitely been part of the conversation for a while. Maybe this is the first time that it's part of a larger conversation about how negative that outlook was, because I think when Amy Schumer told it, it was obviously came from a place of being serious about it, but it wasn't a joking matter. So maybe it didn't pick up the same way. I think that this is the first time that that conversation is getting a lot of traction. So yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. The subtext of the, of the title, I don't think I read it was in the pursuit of body positivity. We've tipped over into an absurd place where merely existing in a body larger than a size zero was considered a courageous. That's exactly where we are. And this woman outlined that point beautifully. I believe it was a Buzzfeed news article in case you wanted to read it again. It's called that photo of Billie Eilish isn't brave. It's just typical. Anyway, I know not breaking news, but we felt it was important to speak on. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real, and for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay. Cardi and offset, shall we? Please. Okay. So as you guys know, we spoke about two weeks ago that Cardi had filed for divorce. Last week, I believe, we spoke about them being in Vegas for her birthday, the videos of them really close together. And most recently, you know, Cardi basically came out and said, yeah, we're back together. And she kind of said, listen, I'm having a lot of people tell me, Cardi, you're in an emotionally and a mentally abusive relationship. You got to get out. She can't quit him. She's like, everybody's so worried for me. And honestly, I just want a dick. She's like, I just wanted sex. And I remember us seeing that headline and being like, honestly, relatable. So relatable. She wanted dick for her birthday. Who doesn't want that for their birthday? I mean, I know. My birthday's coming up. I know. <laughs> Anybody listening? Do you think there's any straight men that listen to her podcast? I hope so. Oh <laughs> Remember that one girl? Wait, did we ever tell you guys a story? We one time got an inbox. It was an inbox or an email, I think, from somebody that was like, um, by the way, like, 
I, my brother lives in the city. Like I was just listening to your podcast. Like would love to set you up. Remember? We circle back. Yeah, we'll circle back. If you are that person and you're still listening, Julie is on the market. <laughs> She's looking more beautiful than ever, might I add, as I'm looking at her oh, right thank now. Thank you so much. Anyway, so that whole thing with Offset happened, which as you know, Julie and I have always said, kind of in a joking way, but also serious, like who knows if they're meant to be, but I definitely think we both think on some level they're soulmates. I think on every level they're soulmates. Yeah, they are. But honestly, that's part of the conversation. I think the more interesting thing that happened was we were together, me, Julie and Isabel were together on Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday night, we're together on Saturday night and Isabel was watching Cardi's live. She just happened to click on it. And she's watching it. It's really good. And so she airplays it to the TV. And the three of us are sitting here absolutely stoned. And Cardi is going off about her fans and basically saying, you know, listen, I'm sick of this. I understand you guys love me, but it's not really my critics that are making this an issue. It's my fans. And she was saying like, her fans are getting really deeply involved in her personal business. And she's like, you're coming after my friends. You're coming after my family. And I love you guys. Like I appreciate you, but basically, you know, you can't think that you know better what's better for me than what I know when it comes to my personal life. And I remember us watching it and being like, wait a second, is this a really big deal? Or we just think it's a big deal because we're kind of high. And I think in retrospect, having watched it again, like I would imagine that a lot of A-listers feel that same frustration with super fans that take it to the another extent, like even though it's technically or what they think is in their, um, the, their person's best interest, like they take it to another level. However, I feel like we've seen so many other celebrities not go that angle because they're so afraid to kind of upset their fan base. Right. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And rightfully sh- so. I think you should be not scared to upset your fan base, but you shouldn't want to. I understand where Cardi's coming from with the critique of the fan base. And I, I totally get it. I think it must be so frustrating to have to critique everything you do to please them and to have to listen to what they have to say when they think it's what's best for you. And you know, it's not at the same time, like, those are the people buying your song, streaming your music, buying your concert tickets, buying your merch, supporting you. So there has to be some level there of, I understand you want what's best for me. And I believe you because that's what you've been doing since day one. But like, please just leave it alone. Yelling at them wasn't exactly the approach that I would have gone for. Um, but I do understand her frustration. And I think it just caught up with her in that moment because it must be so frustrating to be figuring out your own personal life and figuring out what's best for you, for your family, for your child, for the, for your husband, for the, you know, all of these things that go into that. And then an extra layer of having to be like, and what do my fans think? Because you shouldn't, you should be able to solve all of the things going on in your life without having to worry about the public perception of it all. Right. And I guess when you're that famous, you just don't have that same luxury. No, you don't. Also, I was just, as you were talking, I was trying to look on Twitter for that one screenshot. And I just, TMZ two hours ago said, Cardi B deactivates Twitter after backlash for offset reunion. I didn't know. The last time I checked, she hadn't deactivated yeah, she had, it. Yeah, she had deactivated it. Yeah. I mean... You could see in this video, she was pissed. And, and honestly, like I said, understandably so. I just think that what's unique about Cardi is the fact that like she she's never, and she said that she's like, I am the same person that I was when I got famous and she's never going to stray, stray from that. So like her first reaction is to get on live and to kind of go off about how she's feeling. And I would imagine that a lot of other artists have had the desire to do so, but just like operate out of fear. And maybe that's right. I'm not saying which one is right or wrong because I can imagine some of her fans being really pissed. I'm just saying like at the very least, even if you don't agree with the way she did it, I do think there's something a little bit admirable about Cardi for just speaking her mind. Like she can't be an agent or manager that I'm sure told her don't do this, a PR person. She at least 
operates with how she feels, which I could, some could argue is admirable. I will say that. I do think it is. And I think a lot of the things she does on live or when she goes live is the reason that she has the fans that she has because no one else does that. And it's so refreshing to see a celebrity be able to just act without thinking. And usually with celebrities, you can't have that luxury because especially in, you know, with cancel culture, everything going on, you say one wrong thing on live and it's, it's kind of over for you. The thing with Cardi is that everyone's so used to her going live and this is such a main method for her communication that no one is surprised or caught off guard by the things she says on it, which really works to her favor. Any Most other celebrities don't have that because they are so used to doing things a certain way or getting messages out a certain way or through a publicist, through an Instagram post, through a very calculated Instagram story. So when they would do, if they were to do something like this and go live, it would be so off brand that it would be a huge media story where when Cardi does it, what are you going to do? Make a media story out of it every day. Exactly. And the thing with Cardi is you don't have to like what she's saying, but if the reason you're a fan of Cardi is because of her Instagram lives and the way she connects with fans, then you don't get to then hate her for kind of losing her temper and going off about the things that upset her. I think you can't have the best of both worlds. Like you can't have Cardi and love her for going on Instagram live and yelling that Trump didn't answer a question about or Mike Pence didn't answer a question about abortion using that audio all day loving it and then get mad at her for doing the same thing when it doesn't work to your benefit. Yeah. No, I I hear you. I hear you. I'm trying, you know, it's hard because it's like, I'm trying to put myself in the position of a super fan, like somebody who was, who was advocating, um, you know, for, for what they think is best in her right interest. And then feeling like maybe it was a slap in the face. I don't know. I saw some of her fans turning on her, but I also think maybe it's a level of transparency. I don't know. It's just an interesting conversation, but I will say you guys should watch that live if you haven't, because, um, it's, yeah, it's something. I mean, listen, Cardi is a one of a kind human being. So yeah. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, are you ready for Justin and Chance on SNL? Am I ready? I've literally waited my whole life for this one moment. It's pretty unbelievable that the one week we happen to be together is this. It's fate. It's fate. Okay. 
as I'm sure most of you saw, and if not, I'm, if you care about us, you will pause this podcast and go watch the performance because it was that good, specifically Holy. You know what? Let me start out by setting the scene because I think it really will enhance this, this entire conversation. So Saturday night, me, Julie, and Isabel happened to be together. And I want you guys to imagine Julie Kramer at roughly 1127 at night, stone out of her mind, remembering it's SNL, trying to get the television to work. Of course, we were at my apartment, so there was some sort of a technological difficulty, and it's not working. I have never seen Julie this frazzled in my life as her trying to watch Justin and Chance sing holy and the television not working. Isabel somehow turned into the cable guy. She came in. She fixed the whole thing. It was amazing. Julie was almost crying, actually, when that happened. I ran into her arms. Julie ran into Isabel's arms. She doesn't hug anybody. And we're sitting here. Julie's in the fetal position, and we are watching Chance and Justin sing Holy on SNL. We missed pretty much all of Issa's, Issa's performance. It was, it was a spiritual experience. It was fucking amazing. Like, I cannot think of one thing in the entire world that made me happier than that. That performance, I knew that you were going to react that way. I didn't think Isabel and I were going to react that way. Honest to God, honest to God, there was something really, really unique about that performance. His lonely performance was great too, but him and Chance for Holy for me was like one of the best SNLs I've seen. Yes. And I think Lonely is a great song. I happen to really, really like Holy. And I think that anytime that Justin and Chance perform together or do a song together, it is always exceptional. Every song they have together is, is like not just a good song. It's amazing. So I expected nothing less than that of this performance, especially because they have such an amazing chemistry together. What was so amazing for me was that I felt like vocally, these were two such strong performances. I know I sound like an American Idol. No, no. Here, but vocally, like they were both so exceptional. And I think for a while with the way Justin's health was and the way he was mentally and, and everything that kind of went into who he was a couple of years back and struggling to get to this place. One of the side effects of that was when he would perform, everyone was kind of nervous about how he would sound live and we didn't know where he was at vocally. And I think that these two performances were like, okay, not only is he back, but vocally he's right there. It's like he never missed a beat. And that's not the easiest thing to do. I'm not saying he ever lost it, but there was definitely a time where, and maybe it was a confidence thing, maybe it was a health thing, but it wasn't where he always was. And I think that we're finally getting back to that point, which is so amazing and so rewarding to see. No, I totally, totally agree. It was like, you're so right because there are so many different elements of, I feel like Bieber as a performer, right? Mm -hmm. Like we saw when he was really going through it, you saw him on tour. He didn't have that sparkle in his eyes. Right. Right. So, and then you saw when he wanted to have it, but the voice thing just wasn't, wasn't where he wanted to be or where he could be. So now for all of these things to be aligning at once, simultaneously at the fact that he's doing music that I think is like, so what he's been wanting to do, like the way that I kind of felt about it was there was, here was this man on this stage singing what he wanted to be singing. I felt like this was really Justin performing from his soul. Yes. Like I felt like these two records, particularly lonely, but both of them were really just so um, representative of how he's feeling right now. And like the place in his life that he's at, it wasn't like he was forced to do anything. No. And what I really want going forward from this point is that I want to see him doing things that are more fun again. Like I want to see him back on stage because I felt like he loved being up there, but I felt like the reason he loved being up there is because it was such a solidifying experience for him to know that he was where he wanted to be. He enjoyed being on a stage again. He felt confident up there. He felt like he was where he excels the most. So having conquered that, I want to see him do things like 
pop star video after pop star came out i felt like we were all like okay we're in a new phase of justin this is going to be a fun exciting pop star exactly what we want phase of justin and i still think we can get there but i think that he needed that reminder so for me personally like i don't know if this is going to happen but that is what i want to see next is like i want to see him jumping and dancing around on that stage like only he can Oh, I have to tell you, we pre-gamed this podcast by watching both SNL performances and also Popstar. We did not say one word to each other. It was both just like butterflies, gripping hands, being like, wow, this is really it. He looks so amazing. He really, I I can't, I like, I, I don't even know what to say about it because sometimes I feel like it's in my head. Like, no. like it's not. And also, if you look at the difference between how he looked during Yummy versus now, like, it's not just that he's like so hot now or so handsome. Like he just looks so much healthier and you can just see that so clearly it exudes in everything he does, his health and his mental state being where he wants it to be. Hopefully like just comes across so clearly because when he is dancing and singing and everything, he looks so confident and it's just, he looks amazing. Oh my he God. looks like I've never seen him look this good. The hair being long. And no, no, no. no. And <laughs> sorry, sorry, but the knowledge of, chance justin and p all being in the same place in my fucking city you guys don't get it she was bugging out like you don't understand what was happening julie couldn't she didn't even have the words to try to articulate what she was feeling in the moment it's so crazy because i listen i know that a lot of the times when we talk about different male celebrities on this podcast like it's like goes so fangirly which is like fine i think we all have those with certain people I just think with Justin specifically, it's just so different. Like I can't even explain it because it's like, it is the one person that has been consistent through my entire life. I know. And you never, you never dropped off. No. When there's like the Bieber's back, it's like, no, you've been there since the beginning. You've been there. It's no, I, I really get it because it's something for me. So I can't even imagine what it's like for you. I mean, it's true that what you just said, because remember how we watched a while ago, the behind the scenes, they did They were doing a side by side between the behind the scenes of the yummy video and the behind the scenes of the pop star video. Yes. And how it was like two different people, even though it wasn't that much difference in time. Like that's how I felt. It was like, okay, you had yummy. Then you saw him in pop star. And then you saw him on this performance. And I could imagine the behind the scenes of like how he was in the dressing room with Haley, which by the way, those pictures of them after no, talk. No, no, literally. guys, guys if you need to look at them. If you didn't, Haley is in this tight, leather black dress with these sick heels he's going out next to her chances in front of them we all sent it to each other at the exact same time being like is this the hottest couple we've ever seen ever i can't believe they're real i every single time i see them together i cannot fathom it i in love with him literally simp over her yeah simp Simp. did did we use that word before tiktok no i don't think anyone did i don't even know what it was yeah no, such uh, a good word though. It, first of all, it's an amazing word. Yeah, yeah it really helps. It's an amazing word. Um, yeah, I just this was a this was really it was so excellent. I couldn't believe it. We were we were holding hands during the performance. I was literally balled up on the couch. Yeah, I can't I can't handle it. I and the thing that's so lucky about Justin that I I don't think I was really thinking about before this performance and before Lonely came out because I think the two things go hand in hand is him talking about how hard it was to be. Um, famous from such a young age and that level of fame. But the kind of the beauty of it for Justin is that he was able to reset, get right, bring himself to a place where he hopefully wants to be at and needs to be at. And he still is so young to be able to conquer that second half of his career while seemingly not losing a beat because of his age is such a gift. Oh, no, it's true. It's like the... 
I guess if you're looking at it from a glass half full approach, it's definitely the optimistic outlook of like, look at how many times he was able to kind of remake himself. We didn't even really talk about this because in our opinion, the SNL performance just topped it. But, you know, he released Lonely just last week. It was written and produced by Benny Blanco and Phineas. And Jacob Tremblay started in the video as a young Justin Bieber. You saw, you know, it was excellently done, the video for sure. Mm -hmm. Don't think we're taking away from that. But the message I just think is something that's kind of like really coming to the surface now more than ever of like, I was, I really went through it. You know what I mean? Like he is really being like, I really went through it. And like, here I am kind of. I think that in order for him to establish this next part of his career, he wants it to be very known to the world. Like, this is what I went through. This is what happened to me. This is how I felt. If I'm doing this and I'm going forward and I'm reestablishing myself, you guys need to understand the person that you kind of made me to be. Yes. I, that's exactly, I think that it was like, I think honestly, it was a personal thing. He needed to do this for himself to be able to get to the point that you were saying you would want him to get to like the dance vibes again. I think he needed to go through this musical transition. I think it was so important to kind of like honor and, and, memorialize that time in his life that was, isn't talked about freely enough because of how rushed it was and because of how his success just kind of catapulted. Yeah. And it seems so long ago is the other thing. Like it, I guess, because I put it in terms of my own life and what I was doing when he first started, like that was my bat mitzvah age. I remember every like bat mitzvah we went to, it was one time was yeah. playing and I remember it so vividly. And so I think that because I felt so young when that happened, it seems so long ago but maybe in terms of his life, it's still, he's still kind of going through it. So it doesn't seem like it's, it's forever ago. Um, but seeing Jacob Tremblay in that white outfit with the purple American apparel hoodie with the purple sneakers was like, it was like a time machine. It's so crazy how certain outfits just. Certain outfits really are just representative of a time in history. That was yeah. really um, a bug out. Also, there's no more to me perfect actor to, actor to play that part than Jacob Tremblay. Oh, I so agree. Right? I so agree. Yeah, he's such a sweetheart. Yeah, that kid he has is. A, is going to have a real future. He already has such a career. Yeah, definitely. Okay, anything else you want to mention? I don't think so. I know we could talk about it forever, but yeah, no, I mean, I obviously have a million things to say, but for everybody else's sake, we can move on. I guess my hope is that you don't even have to feel about Justin the way that you do to like understand how big of a deal this performance was for him. Yes. Right. I obviously, assume so. Yeah. Obviously chance, you know, comes out and kills it, but that's nothing. That's nothing new. Nothing new. Yeah. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. 
It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Okay, moving on. So as I'm sure most of you saw by now, Timothy Chalamet is on the cover of November GQ. And this was, this was a lot to take in. We're just going to go from Justin Chance to Timmy. That's what I'm saying. Thank God we're together. I know you guys can't see her. Julie's beaming. Actually, when I mentioned, not to like, when I mentioned Timothy Chalamet's name, you like blushed. I get flustered. Yeah, I do. I don't, I, I can't explain it. I feel like you just walked into this apartment. I know. Well, I keep thinking I'm seeing everywhere. <laughs> Wait, tell them that. That's the Before we talk about it, tell them that it's so funny. Uh, okay. The thing with Timothy Chalamet is that like, I think every boy in the city has decided that like, that's how they want to look because clearly it's worked for him. So they're <laughs> just going to take on that. So like, the unintended consequence of that is that like, I now think I see him everywhere. So like we're sitting at lunch the other day, me and Isabel, and I keep looking up and I'm like, Timmy, no, nope, never mind. I keep going back to what you're saying. And then like every 10 minutes, I was like, wait, is that him? I don't know why I keep thinking I'm seeing him, but you know, this always happens to me. Like when I was in LA, I would like, be, like have one person where I kept thinking I would see them everywhere. And I guess that's just happening with me with Timmy. It's just the stakes are a little higher because I feel flustered when you mention his name, let alone if I were to actually see him in public. Well, and also the mask isn't really helping that. No, the mask is not helping. There's a lot of skinny white boys with long hair south of 14th Street. <laughs> Don't I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> you guys hear Isabel laughing from the bedroom. By the way, Julie made Isabel go into the bedroom because she got stage fright. And Isabel's like, I, you realize when you guys were in a studio, I watch you record every single week. I get it, though. I low-key get She's it. She's made me more nervous recently, actually. That's <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, okay, so... He's on the cover of GQ and Daniel Riley wrote an entire piece on him. It was called the making and remaking of Timothy Chalamet. Going to get into the interview in a second because there were some really um, interesting tidbits, but he did this entire um, spread, of course, of all different pictures of him. But I think the picture that got the most media attention was one of him in this velour light pink juicy zip up. And, you know, of course they always give out for credit below. And it was like, <laughs> juicy, juicy zip up comma his own. And Julie sent it to me and she was like, no. This just can't be real. How is that real? How? I know. How? Come on. I mean. Come on. No, that was Timmy a Timmy in his own pink, juicy tracksuit sweatshirt? I know. Okay, here's my thing, right? Like, you have a sexual attraction to him, which I so get, and I understand so many people do. Personally, for me, like, I don't feel the same way. I can totally get why you do. However, I feel like the appreciation for him as a person or as a celebrity, I still very much have. So, like, I can't necessarily... I'm not where you are, but I can see where you're coming from, from the attraction standpoint. And by the way, that's exactly how I like it with you. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no worries. No, I know you're You do your girl. thing. I got mine. And that's good. And that's <laughs> what makes the world go around. I would be quite concerned for myself. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get it. I get the admiration, which... You know, in the article, I'm going to read an excerpt in a second, but I think if I had to kind of summarize the general vibe that you get reading this article, it was like 
there were so many different times where you could tell the author was trying to convey this very real juxtaposition between the intense fame and stardom that Timothy Chalamet has and the A-list celebrity that he is with also this real sense of humility and almost disbelief as to how he got here. So it was like, I think one of his charms or something that we've Mm -hmm. all kind of grown to love about him is you always can get that sense just from seeing him, just from seeing how he interacts with the press, even just from seeing him kind of in his roles, you can always tell that there's this idea of like, how is this my life? But it was interesting reading how the author felt that way too. Like he was giving this one example, um, saying how Timmy was pacing around the room for an hour, just trying to, you could see he was so badly trying to make sure what he was saying was exactly how he was feeling because it was almost hard to put into words everything he was trying to describe because he can't even believe this is his life. Right. And there's a part where he is talking about that also where the author of the article says that every time they would talk, Timothy would kind of be like on the record, off the record and switch between because he wanted the author to have the full vibe of what he was saying, but knew that certain things he couldn't be said. Um, But the thing that's funny about him and I think so likable about him is that he has kind of this quirky confidence and he like jumps between those two things. It's very similar to David Dobrik, I think. Yes. Where like the whole idea of him not being able to believe this is his life and not knowing how he got here, not thinking that this is, you know, who he should be is so adorable. But at the same time, he exudes this confidence where you're like, no, no, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. This is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. These photos that you're taking for GQ, this truth that you're having is exuding so much confidence that I don't even think you knew you had. And that's why I think he's so unbelievably attractive and likable. I guess. If you're not attracted to him, I think you have to at least like him as a person. Yeah, or can understand why people do. Yeah, I, I really do think that way. No, I, I so get that. He also spoke about those infamous paparazzi pictures of him and Lily Rose Depp. I'm going to read you this one little excerpt, but he said, Timothy also spent the end of last summer promoting The King alongside his co-star, Lily Rose Depp, whom he'd been dating for about a year. He's serious about keeping his former relationship with Depp to himself, but he did share one very sweet, very funny, very sad anecdote that encapsulates the spectrum of great and terrible that accompanies the private life of someone new to mega fame like Timothy. After Venice, he and Lily Rose took a few days for themselves in Capri, where they were photographed by paparazzi. One image in particular circulated in which they were making out on the deck of a boat. Timothy is contorting himself into the kiss and looks a little awkward. Many people had their laughs, and some even suggested that the photo was staged for publicity. Quote, I went to bed that night thinking that was one of the best days of my life, Timothy told me. I was on this boat all day with someone I really loved, and closing my eyes, I was like, indisputably, that was great. And then waking up to all these pictures and feeling embarrassed and looking like a real knob, all pale. And then people are like, this is a PR stunt, a PR stunt. Do you think I'd want to look like that in front of all of you? Okay. Can I tell you something that I felt when reading that? Yes. Think about how circulated these pictures were, right? They were everywhere. This was one of the most, I would say, talked about paparazzi shots in the last couple of years. Absolutely fair to say. It's rare, I think, that we get a celebrity's firsthand account of not only what it's like looking back, but also what it was like in the moment, the morning they woke up and saw those pictures, right? Like the closest thing I can think about that. And again, these are two totally different categories. And some people really disagreed with Kim having this reaction, but it just happened. So let me just say it objectively was when Kim was saying how she felt when those pictures of her ass were taken from behind, she noticed that she looked like she had all that cellulite that she was unhappy with. Again, cellulite is very normal, et cetera, of course. But I'm just saying that's one of the only things in recent history I can really think of. I'm sure there's a lot more. So I was thinking like, that to me would be such a brilliant like topic for celebrities to discuss. Like, 
has Hillary Duff, and I don't know, she may have, has Hillary Duff ever spoken about what it was like to wake up the next morning and see that the paparazzi had pictured her going down on her boyfriend right after they got engaged? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I, I wonder if she has. Yeah. And also, um, going off of that, which is, uh, Paris Hilton talking about the most famous paparazzi pick possibly of all time, which is the three of them in their car and not just talking about that picture itself, but what happened behind the scenes of it and explaining it. It is such an interesting thing because what we're looking at is such a glimpse in time, like one moment captured, but every story like that and every picture like that has such a larger thing behind it, especially from the celebrity's point of view. So you're right. It is so interesting. Really, really interesting. I, um, that's a segment. I don't know. Maybe we could do that one day. We'll talk about it. Let's, let's <laughs> talk after. <laughs> I like, I kind of like when we keep these things in because it makes like, there have been times, I can't even think off the top of my head, but there have been times when we've had like an idea or something. And then we've spoken about it on the podcast and then we've left it in and then cut back to it later and like listened and been like, Oh my God, we were literally talking about you know that. And I then it happened. What? what I thought you were going to say, which is what I was thinking was I love keeping it in because I know we're going to forget about it in about a month. Somebody's going to inbox us and say, Hey, I really like that idea you had a couple of months back about doing that session. And we're like, Oh yeah, we forgot about that. We should do that again. Like, yeah. I just think it's a reminder for ourselves. <laughs> Honestly, that too. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's just an interesting thing. It was a good article. I highly recommend it, but the really, you just need to get the gist of it, which was that he can't believe this is his life. And I guess it was comforting to hear because I think we all have gotten that sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, last thing we wanted to talk about was that on October 15th, Nicki Minaj confirmed the birth of her son. She actually posted, she hasn't posted any pictures of him yet, but she kind of posted a roundup of a lot of different notes that celebrities had um, sent her and just thanking everyone and just announcing that her baby boy was here, which I I thought was really exciting. Also, I thought it was so interesting seeing uh, her posting the cards from everybody that she got gifts with. Yes. And what was also interesting, and I don't know if you picked up on this, I thought it was really um, crazy. Not crazy. I just thought it was like a, a noticeable point that Beyonce signed it from just Beyonce instead of Beyonce and Jay-Z. You know, I didn't pick up on that until you're just saying it right now, but that is something I've always been really interested in by. Like, what is the thought process when you're a celebrity? Is it the same as if you're a normal person of like, oh, I'm going to sign this from, you know, me and my husband or me and my wife, if we know, if we both know the person or like, you have to know that whatever you're sending could potentially be then picked up. So how do you want it to be represented? Right. Right. And like, maybe Nicki Minaj is not a good example because I don't think we've heard of like beef between her and Jay-Z necessarily. No, I don't, not that I know of. Right. But I'm saying like, if you look at, let's say Drake, right. With like Kim and Kanye or uh, Kylie's a bad example, Kylie and Courtney, because of course they're not married to Kanye. But for example, like if they're sending something or if Chris is sending something, it can't be on behalf of the entire family. Like, I know that's kind of a stretch to what I know what you about. mean though. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when there is beef and there are other family members who don't have that because like Chris, Kendall, Kylie, Kylie and Travis together, they could all potentially send Drake a gift, but him and Kanye would never because not only do they, would they not send it, they want nothing to do with Drake right now. So you're right. It is an interesting conversation. Yeah. I don't know, but congratulations to Nicki Minaj. I think she will be an excellent mom. I can't wait to see that baby. There was this whole drama that happened because people had posted this picture saying it was her son and she had to then you know, publicly come out on Twitter and was like, please delete this. This is not my kid. Please delete whoever's child this is, which I can just imagine is another frustration of being a celebrity, but yeah. you know, she's going to do some sick either photo shoot or something. Oh yeah. There's going to be something. It's funny. Um, it, it just reminded me of people who used to sell 
their first baby pictures to magazines. And it was such a thing to do. Like Angelina and Brad both did for Shiloh and for the twins. And they used to sell for millions. Shiloh's picture sold for 4.1 million to people. And the twins sold for 14 million, which they ended up donating to charity. But Everyone just posting their kids for free now. It's, Get your bag. It's crazy, right? Get your bag. But also, don't you feel like the culture is so different? Meaning, it like, is. Like you probably couldn't get that money from a magazine for for a picture of a kid anymore. Oh, definitely you couldn't. But also, don't you feel like that wouldn't e- they wouldn't even do it if they could? No, it, it's like less. It's like very reality TV to sell the first picture of your baby to a magazine now. Now, yeah, it's never- interesting. But like big major couples who like you would never expect to used to do it. Yeah. Really, really interesting. I don't know, but obviously congratulations to her. It's so exciting. Oh, okay. Actually no award ceremony this week. No award ceremony. Yeah. We had some honorable mentions. We had some honorable mentions. Yeah. I mean, we had Jennifer Gardner and Matthew McConaughey both comment on two of our overheard celebs posts, which I got to tell you, I totally get that not everybody is into the Kardashians. Not everybody that listens to this podcast, listens to the Kardashian bonus show. I totally get it. However, the last like six or so minutes of last week's Kardashian bonus show, we got in that Matthew McConaughey comment live, like while we were recording and we kept in probably 50% of the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to know what it's like when we get a really exciting comment that we kept that in on air. Um, But yeah, that's really cool. Like those celebrities confirming the stories. Yeah. I thought, I think, I guess if I had to do honorable mentions, it would be like Matthew McConaughey, the John Sean one, Jennifer, Maybe yeah, that's yeah. Those are the top. Those three. are the top. You guys yeah. all get honorable mentions. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. I am. Okay, Kardashian recap. Yes. Okay, first thing we want to talk about in the Kardashian recap is Kim's new campaign for Skims Velour. She teamed up with Paris Hilton. They recreated those famous paparazzi pictures of them walking around in their juicy track suits in those giant gold and silver, silver metallic large Alma Louis Vuitton bags. She did that famous shot of her in the tracksuit on top of the Range Rover. She redid that. It was kind of just this entire campaign like devoted to her old days, yet somehow make it cool again, which I think we've seen a trend in fashion recently of like the 90s and 2000s and all that fashion really coming back. We see it with the small bags. We see it with the sunglasses, with so many different things. And then for Kim to do this with Paris was just perfection. Yeah, I, it was one of the best, smartest, most creative things I've seen in a while, especially coming from Kim in Paris. I think it was just so special. And I think exactly what you were saying, capitalizing on that nostalgia is one of the best things you can do right now. We're all feeling that. It comes out in everything we do, the music, the TV shows being you know recycled and redone. Fashion, definitely 100%. My mom always said to me, she was like, I never threw anything out because I knew it would get recycled and would come back in. And... I think especially for Kim and Paris who were so known for that style and such an iconic part of the 2000s together in that picture, Kim on the Range Rover. Like, I just think it is so genius and so great. Oh, I totally, totally agree. And I don't know if you guys watched the promo video. I highly recommend it though. It's like Kim and Paris, kind of the behind the scenes of their shoot. And one, it was interesting just watching the way that they both interact with the camera. Like you can tell Kim in a lot of ways... I'm not going to say it's more comfortable around a camera, but more comfortable being herself around a camera. I think what it is, is that they just have two very different approaches where 
Paris, when she sees a camera, turns into Paris, like sets a different mode for herself. Kim is so used to them just fading into the back because of the reality aspect of it and not having to perform. Like even when Paris did a simple life, that was a performance for her. She was acting in that. Kim's not the acting in front of it. So she's much more comfortable letting those cameras fade into the back and just staying Kim. Whereas as soon as Paris sees a camera, she switches a mode. Exactly. That's exactly what, what Paris was talking about in her documentary, but it was really I guess kind of coming off of just watching that documentary, I know we've made so many references to it in the past couple of weeks. It was because it was that excellent. Um, but coming off of watching the documentary, I guess I was looking at this video through that lens and it was very clear to see the way that they have a different relationship with the camera. And that's not a bad thing or a good thing. It was just interesting. You know, it works for both of them in their own ways. Um, but they spoke, they were talking about how Kim was saying she got those giant Louis Vuitton bags as a gift. And she said, you guys have never seen the way Paris keeps her bags. She's like, it is insane. Every beauty product, so much, you know, money crumpled up, gum, wrappers, et cetera. She's like, so when I got these bags and we were going to walk around with them for a photo op, she was like, I said to Paris, you cannot put anything in them. She's like, and so thank God she didn't because I still have these bags in meticulous condition, the exact same they were back then. And they kind of recreated it. And it was just, it was really nice to see, like they went through it in terms of their friendship. And now not only are they back as friends, but they're also like so happy and proud to support each other's businesses. Yeah. Well, the thing with Kim and Paris is that I think finally, and maybe for a little while she didn't, but Kim is now in a place and has been for quite a while where she is able to pay homage to the life she had with Paris and who Paris was and what Paris did for her. And it, it could be a little bit of an ego thing, but I think that Paris had to feel appreciated in order to be able to get to that place with Kim again. So it is so great seeing them together. And I think they both realize that there's so much power in their collab. Kim probably always wanted to get back to that place with Paris. I think that Paris, I don't think, I don't want to call it jealousy. I think that Paris knows that there would be no Kim without Paris and probably resented that for a little while. But now that they're both in such a good place in their careers and with their fans. It's amazing to see them together and doing things. They're so much better and stronger as friends. So much better and stronger as friends. And, you know, their their parents were friends. Kathy and, right. and Kathy and Chris are close. You can see they've had that connection forever. In the video, she's like, what did our moms call us? They used to call us sugar and spice or salt and pepper. Like, I just think they have a good relationship. And I loved watching that. Same thing, like, I loved watching them behind the scenes for um, Paris's video, my best friend's ass. Yeah. I like watching them together. I can't help it. I do too. And they come from like, not only are their parents friends, but they have just such similar upbringings and then fame. It's, I'm sure there are very few people who can relate to each other the way the two of them can. Totally agree. Next thing we wanted to talk about, and this really isn't even worth devoting that much time to, but as we always say, like, yes, we go hard for the Kardashians. However, I think that like, it's really toxic to be able to, um, to have an inability to call out someone when something is just wrong. And I got, we got so many DMs about this. And of course, we're going to address it. Courtney posting that selfie this week of her in the vote for Kanye hat with the swipe up. And we kind of see this and we're just like, what the fuck? Like this, you can't even use the argument of supporting your family when we are in the most important election of our lifetime. It doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. Maybe we would be able to laugh at this if it wasn't coming at such a crucial time. Maybe if the stakes weren't so high, this wouldn't be met with such scrutiny, but it just, the stakes just are. And I just think it's so irresponsible. It's so not okay. No, really. it's, it's blatantly inexcusable. There's no reason to post it. And even if from a Courtney point of view, if you're doing it because you think it's like a funny merch thing, or you think like, not everyone knows what you're going through. Not everyone knows what your intentions are in posting that. And 
Kanye is clearly serious about this, even though for a while we thought he was joking and was going to, you know, maybe turn the other way, but he's not. So because of that fact, you can't assume that everyone's going to understand that you're joking or think that you're joking. Just don't post it. There's absolutely no reason. But even if you're swiping up to merch because you think it's a cool thing, like it's easy. It's not. It's not. She also has 102 million Instagram followers, okay? So even if a half of her followers, even if a quarter of her followers saw that story and only 10% of them acted on it or, or were influenced by it, it's just not okay. And I just think it's, yeah, you're right. I think it's inexcusable. I'm sorry. There, there's a lot of things that um, you can do and it only impacts you, but this is quite literally one that doesn't. It impacts everyone. It's just too important to fuck around. Exactly. It's just too important to yeah. fuck around. Last thing we wanted to talk about was Scott was spotted out to dinner with Australian model Megan Blake Irwin, which I don't necessarily think this deserves that much airtime because, you know, two weeks ago he was out with Bella Banos. Like this is seemingly kind of just, he's doing his thing. But something that I didn't realize until we were looking it up is that they were first linked in 2016. And in May of 2016, she did an interview with the Daily Telegraph and they asked her about him. And she said, he's a lovely guy, but that's about all I'm going to say about that. Right. Which by the way, as a side note, very different than the way that Bella approached it back in the day. You know what I love about this? Aside from both of those things, I fucking love the idea of Scott being in full quarantine mode and going, okay, who have I previously dated that I can hit up where enough time has passed? Because honestly, zero judgment at all. I think that is relatable as fuck. And I think it is so funny. It's the most relatable thing ever. I, I feel like in the beginning of quarantine, especially people were kind of just felt like they were in this drought and were going through their kind of rosters of like, who are people, both sexes, you know, who are people that I'm most comfortable with that I can hit up? It is a very relatable kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously for me, it's less about this particular person. Like my kind of stance on the whole Scott thing is like, let's not talk about a relationship until it's a relationship. Right now, this is just kind of having fun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. He goes on 10 dates at Nobu. You think that's anything? Show me a ring. Show me some sign of serious commitment, and then we'll have a conversation about it. Because right now, he's kind of just doing his thing, and so are these women. Yeah, and deservingly so. Let him. Yeah. Also, you know, she was previously linked to a couple of very powerful businessmen, but um, she was also dating actor Skeet Ulrich. And this had happened a couple of weeks ago. We didn't talk about it because it kind of just, I don't think we just liked the whole vibe of this, but basically he had posted a selfie of himself. Somebody commented something asking why they weren't together. And he replied saying, because I found out she's a prostitute. Somebody had replied to that comment being, you know, saying that he was a jerk. And he replied saying, I'm the jerk. When someone pretended to be something they aren't for their own gain, all while sleeping with people for money, maybe you need to evaluate your morals. And Again, this happened a couple of weeks ago. We purposely didn't report on it just because, one, I don't think it's something we would have talked about anyway. But second of all, I don't think we fully understood the context, still don't. And it just sounded really uh, shaming. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, exactly. So I didn't want to get there, but I did just want to mention it because if you saw articles and you were confused about their connection, they did previously see each other. So that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. Um, anything else other than how sick they all looked in the Givenchy? I thought it was Kim's best look. I think she looked insane. It was very um, Haley at the Met Gala. Very much so. She pink. looked so fucking good. Her hair that color is amazing. It's so good. And also Kylie and Travis. Listen, we got sent that to us so many times. They looked hot together. I don't know what to tell you. I get it. No, you made, Julie made a really interesting point when we were talking about this. Do you want to remake your yeah. point? So... It's very similar, honestly, to Cardi and Offset being together, where when you're a celebrity, especially of that magnitude, there are very few people, A, that you can trust, 
B, that you have access to. C, that you're going to want your kid to be around and that you feel comfortable being around. Like, it's just not the easiest thing in the entire world. It's not like being a regular person where you can just be introduced to this person or you can go on a date. Like, obviously, there's a lot of perks to being a celebrity and a lot of access to different people. But you're not always going to feel comfortable around those people. You're not always going to feel trusting around those people. So when you have somebody who is the father of your child, who is an amazing father also, who is your best friend that you've spoken very openly about that fact, who you feel comfortable with, who you have amazing sex with, like, of course you're going to keep that person around and continue to go back to that person and want to be around that person because it's a security blanket for you. And you get a lot of your needs, I have to assume, from that person without having to put yourself out there again. And I can imagine that being a very comfortable feeling, especially when the other person feels the same way too. Oh no, I totally agree. It's, it's interesting because if you look at it from like the other side, like the counter argument is kind of like, Oh please, she's Kylie Jenner. She could get out anyone. Technically she probably could, but she doesn't want anyone because then you have to re-become comfortable. You have to gain all of that trust. Like, I think it's hard enough for anyone of that magnitude of a celebrity to even find friends, platonic relationships that they feel so comfortable with. So to then kind of have that extend to romantic, it's a whole other level of comfort. And like, it's kind of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Who's no one saying they're getting married right now, but they're having a good time. Yeah. Let them do it. I don't know. I I obviously love seeing pictures of them together. Same. And I think that their relationship is clearly to be able to be in the same room together, be able to hang out, to be able to be friends, et cetera is in the best interest of their child, whether they're together or not, because at least they're able to co-parent and be there for their kids together. And that's the most amazing and important thing. So whatever they choose to do in their personal life or behind the scenes is their business. I totally agree. But yeah, those pictures were hot. I mean, they all look sick. Yeah. By the way, just, and then we'll move on, but Javanchi sending the stuff to Kim, Kylie, and Kendall goes about what we always say of like, Listen, I love Courtney and Chloe as much as the next guy. Chloe's in top with like my, her and Kim are absolutely my top two Kardashians. However, there's just from a fashion perspective, like you just see the way that Kim, Kylie and Kendall, I feel like are viewed differently. They're just viewed with so much more seriousness and so much more of um, like an influence in the high fashion world. I and think. what's nice also is they want it that way. I don't think that Chloe and Courtney care about it to that extent. I think they have other things that they're really passionate about. And I think they're so happy to let their sisters have those dreams of theirs to be in that high fashion and take them seriously in that community and maybe reap some side benefits in terms of being dressed by those designers and having their pick of what outfits they want when it comes time for it. But I think they're totally okay taking that backseat because it's not the area that they excel, nor is it the area they necessarily want to excel in. Totally agree with you. Totally. It's kind of like the Met Gala thing. Would they, yes. love, would they love to go? Yeah. Are they so upset that they're not? I don't think no, so. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention at all? Kardashian or other? No. I love doing this in person. It's the best thing ever. Oh my God, I'm having the time of my life. I love it so much. I know. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Um, Isabel and I will be back on either Tuesday or Wednesday for our Bravo episode. Julie and I will see you Thursday night for our Kardashian bonus show. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. 
And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.